our podcast where we discuss our favorite albums from the early aughts and thereabouts. I'm Blake Fisher. I'm joined by Chris Monier and Kyle Simmons. Sorry about the delay. Uh, mm-hmm. We got busy, you know, doing summer stuff. Uh, but today we are talking about Unwritten Laws, 1998 self-titled album, or do they call it untitled? Like Blink-182, those pretentious b-holes. This one's yeah. actually called Unwritten Law. The album's called uh, Unwritten it's Law. It's technically oh. called Unwritten Law. Okay, we'll call it self-titled or Unwritten Law, whatever you want to call about it. But uh, Chris is going to tell us about it. Chris, did you find anything about this record on the internet? I did, actually. I, Ooh, okay. I did some, some deep searching. We had a lot of time, so every time we were about to... You know, we had a false start. You know, I got to dig a little deeper. Um, Unwritten Law, band from Poway, California, very close to San Diego, in the same scene as Blink-182. As a matter of fact, I and a lot of people probably found out about this band the same way through Blink-182. If you've ever heard a song called Josie, um, he says, uh, my girlfriend likes UL and DHC, and that's for Unwritten Law and Dancehall Crashers. I did not know that. Yeah, and actually Scott Russo, the lead singer of Unwritten sings background vocals on um, that song, on Josie. But well, So it's like a shout-out without giving the full credit, because, like, uh, you know, it's like, oh, UL, now you have to figure out what that means. Right. <laughs> so it's, like, kind of not. Well, hey, it was 1998, helpful. and we figured it out, so I guess That's they true. left enough breadcrumbs for us. Um, yeah, I guess Maybe so. We, yeah. With our uh, dial-up was... internet. <laughs> right. We figured it out somehow on AOL message boards. Um, Unwritten Law was formed in 1990. Uh, founding members were pretty much Wade Human and Scott Russo, Wade being the drummer and Scott Russo being the uh, lead singer. Scott wasn't the first lead singer, um, but he's the lead singer that uh, was with the band while as they got famous. Um they were the primary songwriters and on the black album, the, or, sorry, this is also called the black album. If you're a, a Unwritten law fan. Um, and this is this album, you know, the first two records they made uh, blue room and Oz is pretty much straight, straight up punk records. And then on this album, you can kind of hear them pulling in different directions with Russo kind of starting to sound a little more mainstream and Wade still kind of pulling them in that kind of Fugazi punk rock direction. Um, and then after the album was recorded, um, they kind of formed like the seminal lineup, the lineup that would take them through most of their stardom, uh, most notably with the coolest bass player I've ever seen live, Pat Kim. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, every bass player owes that guy a beer. That's okay, so I've not seen him play. What what is it like? The is it the way he stands with the bass? Everything is it the way he actually him. plays? He's, what is it? It's just everything, he's just man. So cool. <laughs> yeah, like he came, he comes on stage like smoking a cigarette. He's got long hair. Um, just he's it's epic, man. Um, yeah, I love fun. a good bass player that's fun to watch because it's yeah. not very often, dude. He's uh, they're, at the they're top so of that often, list. They're so often really the the meat and potatoes of what's going on. Without a good bass player, you're kind of lost. But they get no no love, zero love. Right. And I can think of about four in my life that I've seen that I'm like, I am entranced by the bass player. So uh, kudos, good to know. Yeah, yeah, Pat, Pat had it all. I I I mean, like as I'm talking to you guys, I remember the first moment I saw Unwritten Law at Warp Tour because. They were late. These, okay, so these guys are like party animals, like punk rock, <laughs> drinking, yeah. fighting, drugging. Like the band's broken drugging up on stage for... many times, like because they were having physical fights on stage, which is it so stresses funny. me out. Yeah, can you imagine? This really stresses <laughs> me out. I can't. Um, so, but the first time I was on our law, they were like ten minutes late to a warp tour, which is a it's a thirty minute set. So that means a thirty or set's gone by. 
and Scott just like skateboards on the stage. And I thought it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. I, I was, I was, I was in man. I was a fan recorded in Seattle. I'm not sure why they chose Seattle to record. Um, and you know, produced by a dude whose name I'd never heard before. Um, as a matter of fact, I'm having trouble finding it in my notes. It was Do you know what studio in Seattle. Oh, a lot of- Rick. Yeah. Parashar. Um, Rick Parashar. That's it. Um, it Parashar. is um, London Bridge Studios. And then uh, they did a little more tracking uh, to, to finalize things at Studio West in San Diego. Okay. Part yeah. of either of those? It's nice to get out of town. Oh, yeah. When no, you're doing absolutely. a record. I think that's yeah. never a bad idea. So maybe that was it. So. Uh, yeah, Wade says they kind of co-wrote this album. Wade being Wade the drummer, Scott the lead singer. Um, what and he says what it came down to later is that writers write great hooks, and Scott um, started to become really good songwriter on this album. So I would come up with ideas like a theme, and you know something like coffin text, a chapter out of a uh, of an Egyptian book of the dead, and he would just take off and write it. Um, so this is the album that he says they started to take themselves more seriously. The first two records were just making it for other people. This, the black record was a record they were making for themselves and where they're trying to like really make a go for it. And it was also um, their first record on a major label, um, Epic records. So that's a little bit about the record. Um, it's a good one. Well, let's go to first impressions then Kyle. What were your first impressions? Did you have this album in 98? So, I'm I'm not a hundred percent certain. I my first impression impression is a little bit blurry. I was gonna ask if Chris knew if any of these tracks were on uh, compilations. Yes, Lonesome was on a compilation called. Um, let me find it here. Just had it pulled up. It's a warped. Oh, a yep, compilation yep. of yep. warped music too, which yep. a lot of us had. One, yes. yep. That okay. So then, Apple that shampoo was on there too. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah for so sure. That's what you so had. Yeah. That was the introduction, and like mm. I, I cannot. Uh, I, the entire time that I've been listening to this over the last few weeks, I've been thinking like, I can't remember my first impression of the album. I absolutely remember, like having a compilation. I could not remember which song it was but it just, it felt super familiar. Um, man, dude, it's, it's, it's everything that I loved about, uh, you know, punk rock music at the time. And, uh, and also I'm Chris mentioned blink One Eighty Two talked about them. And I know it's dumb because every single one of us were watching those videos where blink One Eighty Two was like, listen to Jimmy world, listen to unwritten law. And, somehow it still felt like a secret, you know, like that you knew that no one, that yeah, no one else did. Shh, so, don't tell anybody about this awesome band. So, yeah, I mean, I, I was, I was into them for sure. So, uh, Chris, now, what about you? Oh, oh go ahead, Kyle. You weren't, I was going to say, I have stronger memories of what came after this more right. so than this record. So it's fair. My, Chris, what yeah, about you? So after, you know, after hearing about them through that, you know, through the song, Josie, I also heard about, that you started getting a little more into them um, from that same compilation Kyle's talking about. That must have been a popular one. There's a song called Lonesome on there. And I heard it and I was like, okay, this is pretty good. And Blink-182 talked about them. And me and um, Danny, uh, Danny Black, you know, we both bought this album. And it came in like this cool um, CD cover. You know, remember, I don't know what they called this, but there'd be like a, a Vega Records did this on every record where you had the, the, 
plastic CD cover, but then there was a black box that slipped over it. Oh yeah, and, yeah, and it like revealed part of the right. album cover, but not yeah. It's like yeah. and theirs theirs was just black. That's it. And okay. when you opened it up, it had this like Sphinx symbol, and all the artwork had like weird witchy symbols. And I was like, this is trippy. They put a lot of work into it. Um, so uh, it was a record that I, I jammed a lot um, in the late '90s. I loved it. I didn't have it, uh, but what's weird is that some of this sounds familiar, but I'm thinking it just had to be from you and Danny. Oh, uh, yeah, we listened to it. We probably jammed it all the time. I think it was just in the car. I think it <laughs> yeah. was like, all, because I was like, okay, I've heard some of these songs before. I definitely don't have the record, though. Um, and I guess, you know, th- they weren't on my radar in 98 for sure. Um, they're, is it the album after this that, that kind Alpha, of really, yeah, yeah that yeah. one really that blows up. And obviously, Red. yeah, and I heard, and, you know, but like, something about them i could just never got into it just i can't figure out what it is either it's not um and i still even in the prep for this this episode i couldn't like i'm listening to the record i'm like okay some of this i really like Uh, most of it's not like i mean we'll get into that and stuff like that it's just they're just a band that i couldn't love for some reason but yeah i like it i don't know it's very strange so uh, my first impressions of this record are mostly from, you know, the last few weeks, except that uh, there were all sorts of parts of it where I'm just like, okay, I, I, this had to be playing in the van all the time uh, back <laughs> nice. in the day, and I just didn't realize it. Um, you know, but that probably that probably leads to my first impression being pretty obvious that, like, if you guys were playing something all the time in the van, if I didn't ask who it was <laughs> or, or get it on my iTunes, it probably meant that I just was like, ah, you know, whatever, because there's, you know, you got four or five guys uh, picking music. You're not going to love everything all the time. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, so I'm new. I, I was definitely not, did not have it in 98. Uh, you know, obviously couldn't escape uh, a couple of the singles from their follow-up album to this. Uh, they were everywhere. Um, and I liked, but didn't love, I guess. So yeah, just kind of a band that kind of flew under my radar, uh, honestly, um, despite, uh, bands like Blink-182 telling everyone to listen to them. They were kind of an under-the-radar band, just always right there, you know, yeah. kind of making yeah. it. Yeah, kind of like below uh, that first layer one. of, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and I was probably, to be fair, in 99, 2000, I'm definitely at the surface level of, uh, like, pop-punk stuff. <laughs> Like, yeah, I'm not. Right. I'm not super deep. I mean, they, I I guess there were a few that, I, I, to be fair, I guess I liked like Newfound Glory before they were, yeah, gigantic and stuff. But, um, you know, I was definitely in the Blinkway to Newfound Glory, Phoenix TX, um, I'm sure a handful of a bunch of other bands that were you know probably more on the accessible level of my intro to that stuff, and you guys were a little bit more into the weeds, uh, because you were cooler cooler than me. Well, this was um, also pre-Enema of the State. So, yeah. like, this was, if you were into No Effects, early Ataris, No Use for a Name, you know, this would be a natural progression for you to pick up this record. But if you hadn't gotten into that yet before Enema, then you probably didn't know about this record. I can't remember if I had the Ataris before or after Enema. I think it was before, because I think you gave it to me or told me about it, Chris. Um, so I think that's probably where I was. If you told me about it, Chris or Kyle, I knew about it. If if you guys didn't, I didn't know about it. And apparently you didn't tell me about Unwritten Law or I didn't this listen. This one wasn't big enough to be like, you have to listen to this record. Yeah. One of the two. Yeah, yeah, that definitely didn't come across my desk. Uh, you have to. You know how we 
just did that a second ago with an album Kyle was recommending uh, before we got to recording. Yeah, we did. Yeah, and so, um, yeah, I mean, the the harmonic song specifically, the intro, it's like, did you guys play that at Soundcheck or something all, all the, the time? time. Oh, okay. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, this is too familiar. I know this more than I actually know it like it's not i'm very familiar with this but i was like i've definitely not listened to this record so that's what it was me, you guys played me that and all danny the time, weren't, weren't like rich kids like you know we had we had a few cds and once we kind of got our collection together and then we bought our guitar and drums you know we we got to just kind of stick with it so we covered the songs of the cds we had yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's so it do. was dude ranch bush this album like you know which Bush album? Sixteen Stone or oh, yeah. Razorblade Suitcase? Okay. Well, oh. Sixteen Stone, but with you know, we definitely played uh, Swallowed all the time. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Every, did you guys play Bush songs? I mean, we, well, I, I mean, don't you remember one year in high school? What the talent show? Two different bands played the same <laughs> Bush song, right? No. <laughs> yes, I swear. Did that happen, Chris? I'm not dream. I'm not making that up. It was your uh, your junior year, my freshman year. I I'm can't remember, sure. but I mean, it sounds like exactly like something that would happen. Yeah. I think they both course. played. <laughs> I mean, it was yeah. like guys. I mean, one of you just pick a different song. Come on, yeah. you know, it's not that hard. But dude, you can't back down. I guess not, but um, you know, whatever. You guys, no, it was definitely because two bands played the same Bush song. You guys played that Romantics, what I like about you cover, and it was awesome. Yeah, and it would probably help that two bands played Bush, that we kind of <laughs> right, got to stand out a little. It's hey kind of like the splitting, people like? splitting the vote. Uh, two people going like, I don't know, I can't pick which version. Now of was that Austin Bush song was better? Was it one of the, was Austin in one of those bands of Hinder Fame? He might probably been, huh? actually because yeah. uh, that was pre him turning to Dave Matthews uh, mm-hmm. stuff the next year mm-hmm. um, with a Gibraltar rack and all the like. Um, <laughs> Maybe so sad. Uh, yeah. Okay. Anyway, enough of that divergent. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's go to track by track discussion uh, and talk about this record. Uh, starting with the aforementioned harmonic track one. Since Chris is air drumming, even though you can't see that because you're listening to it on a podcast, um, he gets Sorry. to go first because he was uh, drumming along to his uh, favorite uh, soundcheck song from back in the day. I Chris, what are your thoughts? Love this song. I cannot say enough good things about it. I think it <laughs> starts off so cool. It starts off with him open tuning the two strings on the guitar, which, uh, and then like kind of, I think he's hitting the treble. What's that little knob call that you guys hit? It makes a little noise. Oh, the pickup switch, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On a Les Paul, so, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you can. I feel like I'm in the room, also because it's recorded kind of bad, so you can also feel like you're in the room. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> so not, not tip of the top production. <laughs> uh, yeah, lyrically, the song's really. There's not a lot happening here. That yeah, I'm not sure what he's talking about. It's it's interesting, but um, you know, it's it's just got a really like tight feel. Love the guitar parts on it, um, and you know the the 
it's it's like it's not forbidden it's not like super fast forbidden beat but it's right there um where uh it just had a really nice feel like it was a great song to like get you know throw around in a mosh pit into and and have a really good time um also the most popular song on spotify off this album yeah it is and it is a it is a good song i'm i'm with you chris it's uh it was familiar because y'all played it all the time uh but it we i didn't never hear the singing on it i don't think i think y'all just played it yeah the guitar is <laughs> the fun part of the song the singing yeah, is the harmonics um yeah. that's the fun part for sure uh, kyle what are your thoughts on it well i'm trying to I, I love the song but i was trying to remember did this is this album pre did you guys say it's pre enema of the state yeah, because it's 98 and Enema's 99. Because I'm trying to figure out, you you mentioned it doesn't sound that great, and it's weird because it's Interscope, and it doesn't sound that great, but it's like <laughs> free people knowing that you could sell millions of pop-punk records. Yeah. Yes! Uh, <laughs> I think that's what the problem is, is that I'm sure the budget for it, despite being yeah. on Interscope or whatever, is not... Um, Much smaller. Well, it reminds me... There's There are tons of moments on this record that remind me of elements on Dude Ranch, um, yes. and this Although one this sounds that. about 20 times better than Dude Ranch. Yeah, I mean, definitely. But I'm, yeah. I'm just saying, like, at it's it's it makes it's tracking in my mind now that it doesn't it doesn't sound that great. But we haven't had platinum selling pop punk records, you know, yeah, uh, it makes a big difference. Exactly. And and it kind of I mean, the curious part of me is like, what would that what would that have sound like? What would a bigger budget sound like? But awesome song. I freaking love the. It's got the, it's also got the, you know, MXPX vibes and it's probably sacrilegious for me to say that because these dudes have been around forever also. But like for me, my introduction to them was after those guys. So I think that it, it reminded me of both Dude Ranch and MXPX and it's a killer opening track. The tuning is awesome. You're just like, man, that's, that, that takes some cobbles to open up your record with, with tuning your guitar. But um, yeah, I love it. It's awesome. Do you know anything about the recording process, Chris? Like, as far as like, did they do it live or multi-track, I, or do you know? I know. I wanted to find out, especially because of that specific part. Um, and I, I, dude, I, I did a deep dive. I found all kinds of interviews. They mostly, it, it's a lot easier to find them talking about Elva, which is right. the record that kind of broke them. So uh, yeah. I, I wasn't able to find anything. You know, I mean, it sounds like they certainly could have done it live, but they're better musicians than Blink-22 were when they did Dude Ranch most a lot live. You know what I mean? Um, hey, to me, I that, was, it's kind of the difference. I was going to say, uh, Rick Parashar, the reason you guys know him is uh, he produced Nickelback's Silver Side Up. Oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, their their breakout album. In is that his? What? Is that it? Is that what he did, or did he? <laughs> does he have any other interesting credits? No, he on has his... a ton of alternative music. Like in particular, like early kind of early on, Temple of the Dog, Pearl Jam, Alice in Chains, Blind wow. Melon. Um, well, he's... it's definitely a budget thing. Then is yeah the quality of well, the record and, and, then, and probably not... a cho- a choice thing, right? Like it's this both. Is, yeah. For sure, because well, I, I mean, yeah, maybe they were trying to kind of, maybe they were trying to like break out a little bit, and I mean, because yeah, in the late '90s, the guy who produced Alice in Chains and Pearl Jam Ten, that would be like a great get. Totally. Oh, he did Pearl Jam yeah. Ten. That's a pretty big album. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well. And I'm left with the, more questions. <laughs> and they're at, well, we figured out why they recorded in Seattle. There. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But he's 
that's where he's I'm I would guarantee from. I live where <laughs> grunge lives. I don't yeah. travel. We don't go anywhere else. <laughs> yeah. That, All music just, will always be from Seattle. I'm sure of it. Uh okay, let's go to track two, Teenage Suicide. First, what are your thoughts on Teenage Suicide? The song, not actual suicide. We I think Teenage hope Suicide that anti. is horrible. I'm, I'm very against it, Blake. Um, Just making sure. That was a test. The, so <laughs> I really like the song. Thanks. I, I, I'm always happy to pass a test, guys. Um, uh, really like the song. I, I, I laughed every time I heard this on that part in particular because that snare is so freaking loud, and then it just, like, and it goes away. Like, like, <laughs> <laughs> like that's literally just, someone riding the fader on that. It's just, yeah, it's just cranked right in those hits. And and uh and then they're like, Yeah, let's turn that down. Um yeah, it's 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 a great song. It's freaking punk rock. I I I thoroughly enjoy it. Chris? Definitely Thoughts? a freaking punk rock song, a good track too, bringing it up a little. Um always a fan of the big dry dry drums with the with the just the guitar no bass um and i yeah i think uh if you listen to their first two records you, you wouldn't think like oh scott's a great singer but i i feel like his his vocals shine a little bit more in the verses of this record um and uh you know, the harmonics on the bridge it's got it's kind of a classic 90s punk rock bridge it, it's uh it's it's it makes me feel the nostalgias yeah it's i like tune. it i agree it's a good step up uh, from the first track and uh, so far they're doing, they're doing a good job. I mean, I like the, uh, you know, it's, uh, which to be fair, the first two I think are easy, you know, yeah. like they're, you should you be gotta able give to give it, it all you got. <laughs> I give it all you got. Uh, as we've talked about, there were a lot of albums that we got uh, in this time range that the first two tracks were awesome. And then the rest of it was junk. Um, yep. uh, and so, uh, but yeah, I agree. It just feels like a classic kind of California uh, punk song to me. Um, and that's not necessarily a genre I was like super into because I wasn't into, you know, no effects and, uh, you know, kind of any of that stuff that was probably the influence on, you know, social distortion, that kind of stuff that was probably, uh, I assume, an influence on these guys, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. based on listening to it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I appreciate it. It's cool. I like it. Uh, I'm not offended by anything yet on this record. Uh, um, right. <laughs> well, bu- you know? well, buckle up, buddy. But yeah, buckle it's up. about to no, get real. I don't know. I, I mean, well, okay, let's get, we'll keep going. Well, it's, okay, a little, we... it's a little cringy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, cringy doesn't bother me though. On, it, well, I'm sure we'll get into it. Okay. Uh, any other thoughts on teenage suicide other than the fact that no. we're anti actual we anti teenage right. suicide? We've taken that stance before. Yeah, we have. We just have to make sure that, you know, we don't get canceled here. Noted. (laughs) Dozens of people would be upset. Okay, Uh, let's go to track three. Sorry.
Chris Bonnier, uh, I assume this is what you're talking about when you talk about a little bit of cringiness uh, lyrically, but it's a pretty fun song. <laughs> no, no, it is a fun song. I just, it, it, this isn't like a Me Too thing or anything like that. It's just like, when I just revisited this, I was like, ew, 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 ew. <laughs> just hit me. It just did not, like, as, a, as, a, as an older dude, I was like, man, I can't believe you would just sing all that nasty stuff about, uh, I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, the demographic was not 40-year-old dudes. Uh, no, exactly, yeah. exactly. I'm coming at this as me, who I am now, presently, at my age. Um, it did not bother me one bit when I was a young dude. As a matter of fact, I barely noticed what he was singing or talking about. Um, so, uh, it you know, it's a good little song, song um, nice little ditty. But, yeah, the, the, the lyrics about just um, completely lusting over... Um, you know, some lady, it was, it, it hit me a little weird in my older age. Yeah. But, but the last one, you know, by the last verse where she's talking about, you yeah. know, it really, it's just all lip service to say like, no, I'm not into it. She's into it. So right. I don't know. No, I know. <laughs> I know. Not... <laughs> Tales old as time, as we always say. <laughs> Tales old as time. time. Uh, <laughs> Kyle, what are your thoughts on it? Man, I'm... <laughs> I'm weirded out by this and I wasn't <laughs> weirded out by it before, but I am now like, I don't, I don't know. Maybe society has made me this way guys. Uh, but like I listened to it and it was so cringy. I, I just kept like, I kept going back to the, uh, slow down boy. I'm not easy or, uh, yeah, I don't want to be a sleazy whore. So I yeah. showed her to the door. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, oh. Like, oh, we'll get on out. But yeah, I mean, okay, no, gotta go. Home. I mean, Can't let's just here. get into this though, because I mean, isn't this uh, you? You could call this cringy, but yeah. we're keep in mind we're showing our age because we all we all dated and married in the normal world yeah. of no. the early two thousands, uh, and, and I mean, this is what is different. Look, and keep in mind, I am a guy that you know was. Would not have ever written these lyrics because oh, I right, never right, yeah, I never yeah. said anything like this out loud, <laughs> you know, yeah. or in my head even. Like I, that's not how I think of, of, uh, of, 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 I guess dating or women and things like that. But, yeah. um, but what's different between this and like Tinder hookup culture? Nothing, right? I mean, oh no, I don't think so. It's no, just that I, they're not saying it out loud now. Is that what the difference is? <laughs> is that what no, the difference no. is? It's I, no. For me, it's a level of of taste because I think people are singing those things out loud. I just have no interest in it. You know what I mean? You, no, that's fair. And you're right. I wouldn't yeah. listen. I probably you're right. That it's a song that would. I mean, at least I like that. There's a there's a back and forth here, and <laughs> I feel like pop punk and punk rock kind of had like a um, general lyrical um, style of. I'm into the girl, girl's not into me. I mean, as yeah, far yeah. and like oh, totally. and kind of self-deprecating, and that's kind of some of what's going on in the first half, you know, yeah. by the end of it, well, not so much. But but I mean it's just interesting to me that it's like, yes, we all kind of go, oh, this feels cringy, but it's kind of like all of dating culture is this now. I mean, it, oh, or at least yeah. it feels like. You know what I mean? Like from oh, my sure. sister, yeah, my I, uh, I, wife. That sounds sister. like an absolute circus. I oh, I would never I could not do it. I'm so glad uh, you, I was already terrified of the thought of having to date again. And then I watched you on Netflix. If you haven't done that, that'll, that'll ruin that for you. I have if, if, you ever, if you ever wanted to get back in the dating game, 
Um, no, but, I think okay. I, I mean, I, if I totally saw the time, I'm like, don't, don't die. I yeah, could not get don't. back out there. It's <laughs> just not a chance um, I would survive. And also get eaten like, alive. It, it's, it's a different kind of cringy. It's not like kid rock cringy, you know, it's just like, you know, I listen to it as a 40 year old dude. I'm like, this young man better watch out. He might get himself <laughs> in trouble. Yeah. I might get an yeah. STD or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think you're right. Uh, that's, oh, my that, stars. That is definitely my opinion <laughs> my. of all lyrics that are like this or, you know, culture that's like that. I feel like it's, uh, you know, a, a little cringy for sure. And it's like, it's kind of funny that it caught up, you know, 20 years later with Me Too and some stuff like that. But yeah. uh, I, I don't think it's gone away. I think that generally, uh, young dudes are still young dudes yeah <laughs> they're yeah, not and i wonder if they uh i wonder if they still play this i'm not sure <laughs> uh, yeah I'm, well, i don't know i, I mean the exact same thing i'm like man yeah. I, I wonder if they still play this. it's called I, yeah the end is like i'm not sorry it would be the perfect song to be like yeah we're not yeah. sorry like it would be the it. most punk rock thing they could do is yeah. play this song live yeah, I mean, he, they still wear bandanas and sunglasses inside. I don't think they've given up the the spirit of rock and roll. They probably <laughs> open. I, they probably open and close with it. <laughs> I have a feeling, yeah, Unwritten Law can't like ditch that part of their fan base, right. or else yeah. they're um, to their own detriment. Um, right, would not be <laughs> wise. Uh, okay, well, you know, past track three, we go to track four, which is California Sky. Here we go. thoughts on california sky um i think it's cool i i am curious i i really don't know what he's talking about on this song no idea i was thinking i had the exact same note no idea okay. we go from the most obvious lyrics ever in the track before to like yeah i'm not sure well this, he uh, mentions constellations but also like it sounds like initially he's talking about like the realization of this dream coming true uh you know people are may potentially may he's maybe referencing that they're singing his lyrics back I i'm not sure it it's it's kind of weird but also one thing i dig about it is that musical part that you the the instrumental part that at the end of the clip that you just played it's kind it's it's super 90s to like that guitar solo is so yeah, 90s yes yeah it's well and it's super 90s to like not be a hundred percent punk rock all the way through you know what i mean like it just has that it's not it it, it wouldn't play on albums after enema of the state you know what i mean and and i think it's cool Maybe i appreciate it's, though it's the 90s. That it, i appreciate though that it's like we're getting a little bit of like um variety yeah because i mean teenage suicide and sorry are very much um which by the way i forgot to take my, say my note on sorry that that opening riff is awesome like, oh, oh yeah didn't mention yeah, that yeah. note uh it's yeah. a great riff um the but like california sky and harmonic are a little bit more like okay there's some other stuff going on here totally um it's not i think glimpses of the future too 
Oh, right. for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, when I read that interview of Wade talking about them pulling in different directions, like, and then I listened, I, I, you can really hear it on a song like this. And lyrically, I think you're, like, literally hearing a split between a guy who wants to sing about witches and stuff and somebody who's just, like, wants to sing about California. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think you always have to be clear with the lyrics uh, at yeah. all. It's just interesting to jump from, most people have a style of one way or the other, something that's just kind of interesting to go from the song before, which is, like, so blatantly obvious. Yep. Well, uh, also, no it wasn't a criticism. I just wondered if you guys knew what it was about. No, I, I have no I idea. Just can't tell. No clue. No. Okay. No clue. Uh, but I really, as we've talked about before on this, I I so rarely think about lyrics, but because I know that about myself now, I'm often looking at them while I'm listening to these records, especially if they're unfamiliar. Even sometimes when they are familiar, because I'm just not. I I've learned new things by just looking at the lyrics that helps me soak it up more than just listening. Uh, and yeah, I thought the exact same thing, Kyle. I was like, I have no idea what the song's about. Um, (laughs) (laughs) so it's interesting. Uh, Chris, what are your thoughts on it? I dig the song, uh, you know, third most popular on Spotify of this album. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't ever get tired of songs about California, especially about punk bands. So it's got that going for it for me. What is it about that freaking state? I've even written a song about California. And I kind of hate California. What the? Yeah. <laughs> what, Why do you all... hate California? How could you hate California? It's it's seventy five. It's yeah, the only good thing about it is the weather. And it's the... all around you all the time. It though. is all the around weather. you all the time. The food's pretty good, Blake. Uh, okay, sorry. I don't hate California. That's the wrong way to put it. But L.A. is a weird place. Oh yeah, oh. I'll give you that. Yeah, I and think of San Diego that. when I think of California. Do you think of L.A.? We spent way more time in L.A. than San Diego, True. and so that's that's my lingering impression. And we had some great friends in California, but like, admittedly, L.A. just like has a weird vibe. Like, yep, it, different it just place. it felt like everyone was trying to impress everyone all the time. It was all about physical appearance and all about. I just it was just a yeah. weird to come from Oklahoma where we're not quite like that mm-hmm. um which is why well that's a whole different thing uh there's this uh, there's a new band that's not anywhere near this genre it's more like a poppy kind of thing but the guy's from tulsa but he lives out in la he's got this great song called cowboy in la that's just very like same kind of thing it's like this is a weird vibe i'm from oklahoma <laughs> this is kind of strange um so yeah maybe i don't hate california that's not the right way to put it i just i I think that if you took away the perfect weather and basically having um, every kind of um, what's the right thing, you know, they've got the mountains where you can go ski. They've got the oh, right. coast where you can go right. surf. They've got the desert. They've kind of got you everything. Take away the that geography one and climate. Yeah. If you take away that stuff, like the beautiful, <laughs> it's like, you know, would anyone live there? You know what I mean? It's like the co- the, the, the cost is crazy taxes are high uh, pollutions air quality is terrible uh you know traffic's awful we we were stuck on the 405 one time at four in the morning for an hour parked on it (laughs) because if there was was a wreck or something it's like that kind of stuff that i'm just like i couldn't live there i love to visit though like i love to visit california i've got no problem with going out there i just i couldn't couldn't live there um and to be fair but that's not like like new york i don't feel that way about like new york i love Like, I just, right. like, soak up that energy that New York City gives you. Um, but California gets all the songs. No, they do. The good songs. Really good yeah. songs. New York mm-hmm. has great songs, too. New York does, uh, too, but uh, California gets... Not punk songs. Yeah, you're right. Punk. Yeah. And, punk. And New Cal- York gets all the great hip-hop songs and, and you know, 
and Frank you're, Sinatra. Right, I was gonna say your Sinatra, your Billy, Billy Joel. Joel's. Yeah. Well, yeah, and then yeah, but California definitely gets uh, some good tunes. And to be fair, I've done it. I've done it too. To be fair, my song's about leaving California, so. Mm, <laughs> so it's a little easier. Um, yeah, good song though. Okay, let's go to. Okay, how do we pronounce is this? Callan? What is it? Kate, Caitlin. Kate. Oh, okay. I missed the T. I think. That's my bad. All right, here we go. Okay. Track five. <laughs> Whenever you're here, just stay near. We'll be alright, yeah. I'm just laughing that I was like, how do you pronounce this? And you're like, Caitlin. I just typed it wrong. I think it's Caitlin. There's no T. Oh, so I wasn't wrong? No, you weren't wrong. Caitlin. It is Caitlin. Why do I how did I spell it Caitlin then? Well, you typed it wrong. I did, (laughs) clearly. Okay. So it is Caitlin. Okay. Yeah. I don't feel as crazy now. Uh, I usually copy the I, when I make my track list on my notes. I usually copy it from like a source and copy paste. I must have typed it by hand. It's oh, okay. Tell me. It's okay. We'll let it slide. You're allowed to make mistakes sometimes. Uh, first thing I have to get out of the way is that did every song that was made between 1996 and 2000 have a record scratch kind of thing inside of it? Totally. I mean, in all fairness, was it a rule? I think- it was a rule, but I think these guys are friends with the guys in Incubus, so you have to kind of No, they like, definitely are, you know, because Brandon Boyd's on this record. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but it, it is just interesting how that became, like, a thing that everyone did. I mean, it was in everything from, like, Hanson, Mbop, that had it in there, to this, to, like... I, but I had never heard it done quite this way before. Well, this is definitely more like Incubus a, style, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Which makes yeah. sense. They're probably both from California. Right. Um Anyway, Kyle, thoughts on uh, Kaylin? Now that we've determined it's not Kaylin, <laughs> um, man, I I freaking love this one. It is '90s AF. It's definitely in all '90s the best AF. Possible ways. Um, you guys, you guys are talking about Incubus, and I know that Incubus is involved in this record, but I'm telling you, uh, I, I bet all my money in the bank that Mark McGrath cried when this came out. That uh. Sugar Ray didn't write it. <laughs> You're totally right, though. It has that vibe, but it's way cooler than anything Sugar Ray could have done for sure. This song is great. You're, but that's a great way to put it. He definitely was like, "Dang it!" Or he just copied it, sort of jacked it, swagger jacked it. There's some for sure swagger jacking going on. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, uh, Chris, thoughts? I'd never have ever ever thought about the song Sugar Ray the same thought, and it really bums me out that you put that in there. I made it through 40 years of my life without thinking about Sugar Ray and this song that I love. Thanks a lot, Kyle. Sugar Ray's been brought up on this podcast before for some weird reason. I know, but this song was had yeah. a carved-out groove in my brain that was Sugar Ray-free. Uh, no. <laughs> okay, so here's a fun thought experiment. We all like this song and, and, and appreciate the vibe. And, like, this one immediately caught my ear. Like, this was, like, on the first totally. pass through, I was like, okay, this is cool. Very that, different. That yeah. uh, the sort of bridge. I don't know if it's really a bridge. Technically, I'm going to call it a bridge. That instrumental thing that comes. Um, yeah, it's really cool. Um, and and it's got 
it's it's a vibe. I really like it. It's got a cool California feeling thing. But if this was a Sugar Ray single, would you have liked it? You know? Dude, guys, I'm not going to lie. I liked Sugar Ray. I liked a couple <laughs> of their songs. I'm not bashing I, on Sugar Ray. I liked... It's I just actually, they have the other part of my, like, Chris, you pop culture me, brain. You sent me a video, like... <laughs> <laughs> a couple years ago so it was like the most 90s thing that i could ever watch and it was, it was some kid calling sugar ray sugar gay oh, coming out of hilarious. a coming out of a nightclub like in the 90s yeah. he's so offended that someone would well, call him that he's like ready to cocaine. fight <laughs> no, yeah totally but, but also but also the time right, right like right. it is like it was just it is the most it was the most 90s thing i've ever seen it's just so funny i mean he was he was ready to fight and also ready to cry like he didn't know which way it was gonna go Aside from that and the bleach tips and all that, it's the bleach I, tips for me. Even though I had them, his were there, more. Man, there's a place in my heart for Sugar Ray. No, it's they had music. one song that I really, really did like. I can't remember which one it was, but I oh, did that really was, like. I just, that was Fly by Sugar Ray. I just want to fly. <laughs> it was not Fly. It was. It was. Um, it was something else. It was not Fly for sure. Uh, it might have been the. Um, is it every morning? Is that what it's called? Oh, that's a great song. That's a good song. Oh, that's a good song. That's, that's a really good song. Vibes. It's got a great harmony and uh, my record scratches. It, yeah, it mm-hmm. has it on there. Yeah, Erpa, Erpa. yeah, uh, it's a good song, and I'll totally give that to him. But um, and I think I would have. So I think I would have liked this if it was Sugar Ray. But you're right, Sh- yeah. Sugar Ray definitely jacked this. Um, I was just looking. Floored, bit. which had their hit single "Fly," came out one month before this record. Mm, so they didn't copy this necessarily. Well, well they but Unwritten Law was a... Yeah, know, they were a thing. Yeah. They had been playing Absolutely. since 1990. Like, I think yeah. well, Pat not, Kim... Not only that, but yeah, I would so say they that that record by... a lot of these bands, yeah. That record by Sugar Ray is a lot less poppy than Fly, and yeah. they go on to be nothing but... Yes. Poppy Ray. Oh, that's bands. right. Floored was the record that was, like, kind of a rock record, but had this one... But had Fly. Yeah. yeah. Right. And this is kind of like that for this record. It's like yeah, the one exactly. pop throwaway ballad thing, which yeah, see, oh, which happened sugar, a lot. The sugar in the, Ray references, man. Yeah. It happened a lot with in the '90s, but it certainly happens post that too, where like you know a whole record is not like this single that they release, and then you kind of like the band has to become like that single uh, because that's the thing that sold their records, and that's what made them fans, and they kind of have to ditch whatever the other eleven songs were on the record. Well, dude, and honestly, this band. This band kind of encapsulates a defiance of genre to me. Like they, the the hits that they had don't sound the same. Uh, like I, I think what Seeing Red's probably the biggest song that that, that they mm-hmm. have. Yeah, that and, and Save Me are pretty close. Both top yeah, five singles. Yeah, but but they didn't try and recreate those songs. Nope. Yeah, well, but I well, think that's rather I think they that's didn't the try and rock. make entire records of those songs. Right. You know I, I mean? think this is that that's the punk rock like mentality yeah. of like almost, it's almost like they might have done it if it wasn't successful. They might have done it over and over again, but almost yeah. like because of the success, they're like, well, that you can't put me in a box. Yeah. Um, which I do appreciate, but I do think it lends to it does make it harder to have a long career as a musician. Right. You yeah. know, and it's kind of one of those choices you have to make. There are certain bands where I'm like, God, I wish you just would have done a little bit more of the not selling out because i hate that term because for the most part that's not what you're doing you're just like just like leaning into what worked we found something that a lot of people like and we should do more of that it's not 
to me, that's not selling out. You, as long as you did the first thing yourself, it's not selling yeah. out. Um, uh, but it's normally to their detriment. If you don't do a little bit of that, um, you can do it in the right way. Like, I mean, to me, like blink way Two did it, you know, yep. um, yep. it's, you know, kind of embracing what people like. I don't think it's a problem. All right, let's go to track six, uh, which is lonesome. It's changed. It's just been rearranged. So stay down. Just stay down. Association with the past. So think about it. It's like a daughter did a last. Don't move so fast. And don't run. Cause you That last part is pretty cool of that clip, Chris. Uh, good job on the clip. Time. Uh, Kyle, what are your thoughts on Lonesome? That freaking riff is awesome. And another example of them, like, I don't think it's quite punk rock, but it's awesome. No, uh, it's more like, um, it's a little more like, uh, you know. Incubus? Uh, yeah, like Incubus. Incubus. or um yeah, a lot of those kind of like that vein that was a, had yeah. a little bit of a um, like a harder they, they rock a little, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, they lean like, a little hard rock. Yeah, yeah. jump up but and down. It's the bounce. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They totally. specifically mentioned in interviews like we wanted people to bounce, and it definitely has that vibe for sure. Um, but yeah, dude, this song's awesome. Uh, I love the uh, don't run because you might find out that I'm the one and I still feel lonesome. Uh, it's a good lyric. Uh, and also, you mentioned earlier chris about scott's voice that uh that it got better uh on this record i I think noticeably and i think he continues to get good with it but i I really like the way his voice sounds on this song and i I like the way his voice sounds stacked too it's he's got one of those good stackable self-stacking vocals you know yeah yeah that is uh although you know i'm still stacked vocals are this like real hit or miss thing for me like yeah. I either love them or I hate them. I think it's something I don't love on this record. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people, like, if they don't do it, it sounds odd. It's just yeah. kind of a weird thing. I don't know what well, it, it is about Well, it can sound them. empty sometimes without it, but I, I think he sounds cool. Yeah, I think back then I didn't know it was happening, and it bothered yeah. me like when I was <laughs> oh, like, right. before I got into like audio production stuff, I was just like, why do the vocals sound like, what is weird about it? Um, and it's, the, I think it's the stacking that was throwing me off. It, it, but so it's do you style. think it's, it's a everyone that, that not every voice is tuned in a way that, no. that it sounds good. Like somebody uh, listens to a Foo Fighters record and you go, I want to sound like Dave Grohl. And, and then you stack the vocals and oh, your voice well, just doesn't come across that way. It doesn't sound good stacked. Is that what you're saying, Blake? No, I think I think it's more of a, I don't think it's the individual, although the individual, <clears throat> like their talent level, like because like Dave Grohl can do it really well. I mean, that's the yeah. oh, that's right. Cause you really, have to be. It's something you have to do well in the studio. That's not right. anymore, but you used to have oh. to. I mean, now, um, now, oddly enough, there is like software that can just do it. I mean, yeah. honestly, like my last EP, I didn't stack the vocals 
he just did it with a plug in <laughs> on the songs that we wanted on the like courses we wanted on and it sounds stacked uh and then there's other ones that will actually line up um because most of it's about like lining up but some people purposely don't like elliot smith always did like super it was almost like he wasn't even listening to the first track and yeah. was doubling it so i mean it, it's just different kind of stylistic things that people like to do with it um and it's just one of those weird it's kind of like falsetto for me like it's either it's either there or it's not either <laughs> it's doing like, it for you or it's, it's not. either yeah it's either 100 percent on and i'm into it or it's like i do not like that it takes me right out of it and some of it on this record i just don't like but um but i bet it was more of a choice than it was like that he couldn't oh, yeah. do it well um, Man, falsetto really is like that. Now that you bring that up, it, it's, it is that's for me, funny. Like if it's not right, you're like, oh, Bob. yeah. Because I, I like I hate <laughs> my personal falsetto voice. I hate it, and I, that's why I've never ever done it. Have but you ever like, tried to track it and like just? It's probably not as bad as I think it is. Uh, yeah. There's been a couple times where like I wanted to belt something, and someone, you know, whoever the engineer producer wanted me to try it falsetto, and I was just like, no, <laughs> just like I can't no, do it. I'm just this. not. Um, and maybe it's not, maybe it's not as bad as I think it is. Um, it just feels weird to me, but the people that can do it, like freaking Aaron from Copeland, I'm, I'm just like, give it to me all the time. Like it's JT. fantastic. Yeah. Justin Timberlake's fantastic at it. Um, the Bee Gees of obvious uh, fame, <laughs> although maybe a little too much with the Bee Gees. Yeah. We could dial it back a little bit. We um, should do this all the time. Well, yeah, we should just never sing in our normal voices again. Um, they probably didn't say it that low. They probably said, we should never sing in our normal voices again. Um, I assume that's the, how the conversation went. Satellites uh, get... It's, it's gotta oh, yeah, it probably could be. Uh, anyway, that got us off track. Uh, who hasn't talked about Lonesome? Uh, Chris, this, did you this talk was about the song. This was the song on the Warped compilation, too, that kind of got me like to really get into them. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I think the drums are freaking phenomenal on the song. There's just fills everywhere. Wade going crazy, and I love it. Um, and the pre-chorus and the way it builds up to the chorus, and then kind of refraining. Um, refraining is that the right word? I don't think it is. That like that whatever you call it when the chorus kind of ends with just like one line, like still feel lonesome, and then does you can call it a tag or I think refrain would it. be fine. I think either one would work didn't feel right it didn't feel right but if it works I'm, I'm happy that i said the right thing i'm always happy if i say the right thing and you know ni nice little chill bridge it's a great pop song someone will comment on instagram or twitter that you're wrong but um that's okay. I, hey i said i might be wrong could so be wrong really like if you say that i'm wrong then you're right and we often are yeah, guys <laughs> we'd like to go ahead and yeah. point out in case you're just now listening to this podcast for the first time uh, we are wrong quite often about facts. The most common one that we get is that we accidentally said that Taking Back Sunday was from New Jersey and not Long Island. And Man, <laughs> it gets yeah, brought up all still... the time. And it's like people are totally nice about it. They're not rude, but they're like message us all the time. And I'm like, you're right. We're totally wrong. We probably need to go back and like put like a um like but like siri saying it like new jersey or, <laughs> change it that to tiktok change voice it, yeah, yeah but change it to uh, yeah oh yeah the tiktok voice that's what we should do is throw that in there and be like long island every time we said new jersey in that episode <laughs> we might that might be worth an edit that'd be worth going through that whole episode and doing that so yeah we get things wrong sometimes so feel free to uh, let us know uh, when we do because we are not experts we just like this music guys uh and we're normally just looking at wikipedia let's be honest uh okay let's go to track seven which is coffin text
Chris, let's go to you uh, on Confitex, especially since you explained, you know, about the uh, origins of it earlier in the episode. That's right. Um, it talked a little bit about the the theme of the song that Wade kind of introduced to Scott, and he kind of took it from there. Scott, who was developing as a songwriter at this time, getting better and better. Um, I like this song. I like the, the, the drums and the big open chords to start the song off. It, this is more their roots, like fast, fast, fast. Makes you want to get on a skateboard and, and you know, go um, do some, some ollies. Um, break more your of the wrist. Witchy, yeah, break, yeah, not anymore, <laughs> right? Um, not without, like, really dorky wrist guards. Yep. Um, I, I, I like what they were trying to do with the kind of swooping vocals that kind of like do the reverse in thing make it kind of feel spooky mm -hmm. um I, like i get i get where they're coming from but i i just i never cared for it to be honest that, that part of the production i wasn't into i like the uh the bridge is really cool because it's going a million miles an hour for the rest of the song and then it goes to that kind of bass cool thing and uh 16ths on the hi-hats I, I think it's cool i mean they, they do a good job of not uh, even though some of this record kind of runs together a little bit, they're pretty good about on a song by song basis, not making it boring. You know, they, they do kind of try yeah. to change it up a little bit and give us some other stuff. Uh, Kyle thoughts on coffin text. Dude, I think this song is awesome. I, it, I can't, I can't hear it. I know that it wasn't on there, but I can't hear it and not think of freaking Tony Hawk pro skater. That's, that's yeah. where I am. Like it just, it's it's got that vibe and i i just i love i love a good fast punk rock song yeah i mean that's all you got to say if, about it sometimes. if i had a criticism the uh i don't love the way the snare sounds but whatever i don't love the way the snare sounds on almost this whole record but yeah uh Bling. but i'm picky uh not picky just that super tightly wound open yeah. snare without any kind of snare? not a moon gel to be found uh, you know, <laughs> like, they flew off when they were recording the first song. I think, yeah. you know, like where that's the main sound you hear. I, I realize it, um, you know, I don't know. It worked on some stuff, but I feel like maybe not all the time. Uh, and I, it, it feels like the same snare the whole time. Uh, I don't love it. I'm, I'm with you on that. I think I could, I could agree with that. Okay. Let's go to track eight holiday. Kyle, what are your thoughts on Holiday? I mean, I don't have much to say. It's it, it it's another punk rock song. It's a, but it's it's got that party vibe, which I did. Oh, it's definitely um, got a party vibe. So, yeah, I, I freaking love it. <laughs> yeah, I'm into and it. Uh, the, the organ is cool. I'm into the right? organ in there. Uh, it's yeah, it just kind of comes out like, hey, we're gonna do an organ now. And song. they really do go. it. They're not like, yeah. hey, let's. Let, I mean, he's like, like running up the running up the keys on it and doing all the cool fun B3 stuff, uh, which I'm all into. I'm, I've never been sad about a B3 being on a song. I don't think ever once. Uh, Chris, what are your thoughts on, on the song holiday? 
Yep, love this song. Just got a great party vibe, and yeah, the the, the scratchy verses with the the swooping organ little parts. It's it's a great song, and the outro, which I, I tried to pick a clip of because I I always love that part. Kind of fades out and fades in a really good fade. Uh, you know, if you listen to the old record, jumps right into the next song. It's got a cool transition, which I always appreciate when people can yeah. do some good transitions between songs on records. Uh, do they pull off background vocals lives, fellas? Cause I've, I've not seen them live. They don't do it. Is it just, they don't really singing? pull off anything really live. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So the bass is incredibly cool looking, but oh, yeah. no, he's, he, I mean, he's cool live. Yeah. 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 No, they're, they're, they're just, that's not their thing. It, it, yeah. it, you know, they always sounded decent, but it wasn't. Yeah. No. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Drinking, that makes sense. Yeah. Drinking, partying, drugging. <laughs> just no. Yeah. I mean, slop- I remember a little sloppy. I remember that scene uh, of yeah. like the bands that almost like it was almost a sense of pride that they were like, we don't really practice. This is. No, like, I, ne- just- <laughs> I never saw say. them in the Elva years. I only saw them like in this era and then way after Elva like came and went. So there might have so been I a time s- where I saw them right after Elva and like they were fine. Uh, his voice wasn't great live, but whose is? Yeah. And um, but that's surprising. We don't have. There's no way they used auto tune on this in '98. Not no. no way. It is probably. It's you know probable that they didn't use auto tune on this. Yeah, and he sounds I good. Think so. Yeah, I, I this, mean, they were, it they were fine. They weren't bad. It. Yeah, yeah, no, none. Because I think '98 was the year that auto tune broke out. In, okay. I think it was invented in 96, but Cher's single was in 98. Uh, right. Believe or whatever. Uh, but side note, that has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but have you guys watched that uh, pop show on Netflix? Um, uh, the one about autotune. Yes. Specifically yes, oh, it was T-Pain. great. It's fantastic. Yes. If oh, you, that poor man. Kyle, if you haven't seen it, uh, or anyone listening, I highly suggest it. Uh, I'm forgetting the exact name. It's Pop something. Or is it just Pop? Is that what it's called? It what might just pop? be Pop. Yeah, there's another. We've talked about this before. We talked about the Boys to Men episode. Oh, I yeah, swear we that we yeah. talked about yeah, this. Yeah, the okay. Boys to Men episode is tragic. It oh, is tragic. God. Anyway, it's a great yeah, show um, and, and gives you, peels back some uh, stuff that you might not have known about some pop music. And uh, the Autotune episode is fascinating, especially if you know nothing about music production or, or Autotune. Uh, or T-Pain or T-Pain and T-Pain made me really like T-Pain like I'm yeah. into him like I never have listened to T-Pain in my life but like watching that documentary I was like I like T-Pain like he's a cool I guy just, the whole time we were watching I, I just I was like I have to know what's in that cup what is he drinking it's probably some cool <laughs> drink I've never heard of but I want to know it so probably bad. is uh, it's he, Sprite Remix <laughs> <laughs> it's that uh, Baja that, Blast it's that my space favorite. coke <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Which I saw in the in the uh, Ufala Dollar General the other day and almost bought just because I did oh, enjoy the tasty. one you brought me that one time, uh, Kyle. But uh, I didn't because it was hot. It was not in the fridge. So Ooh. I'd have to go put it in the, in the ice box. That's a lot of work. All right, let's yeah. go to track nine, Underground. Go to the underground so I can save your soul. 
Chris Monier, thoughts on Underground? This is where you kind of hear the band leaning in a little bit to the sound and style that will be ever-present on the next record, Elva, and which is something I love about this band. This song's kind of unique. It stands out. It's really cool. It's like almost like a rock. It's a rock song, you know, like with a, with a punk rock influence. Um, it's for pretty freaking tough, man. And uh, I, all I can think when I hear this one is like, man, I bet this was so fun to play live. It's a good tune. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Kyle, what are your thoughts on it? Totally agree. It that freaking riff. It, it's it's another one of those songs where like they kind of venture out a little bit stylistically, and I think it pays off. It's it's awesome. And honestly, I I keep I I guess I say that I'm saying that they're trying other styles or they're venturing out. I I really just think that they're just playing what they want. And I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. yeah, they're not so, trying to like impress something yeah. or impress someone yeah. with anything they're doing yeah, it doesn't here, feel I forced think. i think they're like going oh this is a influence we have and we'd like yep. to do that i think that's fine they're not they're never um they're not all over the place at all like it's cohesive no. it all makes sense right. um but it keeps it interesting um yeah i'm not i certainly don't think they're like let's just try a reggae song see if that hits <laughs> uh, <laughs> like it's not, hey they I think one of the guitar players from Sublime joins the band later, so they could definitely... They could have done that. Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, I think it's a cool kind of anthem song. Um, I mean, the the gang vocals will do that. <laughs> kind of, that's, that's their sole purpose, is to make something feel anthem uh, It works pretty well. Uh, yeah, so I'm into it. I, th- I think it's a good song. Um, but I don't think we have anything more to say about it. Let's go to track 10. That's it. Kyle Simmons, what are your thoughts on Close Your Eyes? Man, I am a sucker for a cautionary tale, dudes. <laughs> and uh, this is one of those. Kind of a bummer, but uh, still dig it. You need a bummer song sometimes. Uh, yeah. I think it's necessary. Um, Chris, thoughts on it? I did not... No, this song had this lyric until this year. The blood pulled a nine and threw up his sign and then let the trigger slide. slide. (laughs) Like, that's kind of like you have to be from California to put that lyric in your song. Like, it would be illegal for me to write that lyric. And it just it it works. Um, And then there's whistling on the bridge. It's just it's it's a this is a very interesting song. And I always liked it a lot. Um, Yes. A cautionary tale. Well put, birthday boy. (laughs) But birthday buddy. It's not your birthday. I am curious uh, what war uh, this guy died in in 1998, but um... that was a relatively <laughs> peaceful war. year. War on drugs. Yeah, <laughs> probably in a helicopter training accident. One one, I mean, yeah, like it was one of the years we weren't. Yeah, doing we were war. not doing yeah. anything in 1998. <laughs> I mean, I did. When did Bosnia have? I mean, like that was one night essentially uh, in 97 right. or something. So. Um, 
the blood pulled a nine. Yeah, that's uh that I was actually talking about blood and crips this weekend, and like someone was like, "What are crips?" I was like, "And like, who was I? Who was oh. with me?" Someone was like, "Oh, Rod," because my cousin went to West and Mayfield too. He was like, "You did not go to the same schools we did, obviously." <laughs> uh, you know, but then my other cousin knew how to do the thing with his hands that I don't know how to do the the symbol. Yeah. Cool uh, yes, yeah, that took a lot of work. I never needed to know that. So, um, yeah, yeah, cautionary tale. You gotta, you gotta, you need a cautionary tale every once in a while to to you know, not get shot. I guess I don't know. I don't know that that's gonna help anyone, but yeah, yeah, maybe, uh, maybe it did. Well, and this is this is before too, like where every punk and emo band is always singing about girls' relationships. So it's nice to have a little break from yeah. that. I have to well, say. Well, and I like that. I mean, I appreciate that. I mean, and I like I appreciate it more now that I know the story about like someone basically giving him a lyric idea and him running with it and writing whole songs about it. I like that. I think that's a cool way to challenge yourself. And um, I'm not very good at that. Uh, well, and and Wade, the drummer of this band, was it was and still is, I think, pretty proactive in the troubled youth. Um, community like trying to help people out working well with that's fantastic because like yeah. That, so. yeah that's uh that's getting tougher and tougher all the time i feel like i also My am word. glad i'm not a teenager right now uh Oof. yeah yeah so i feel like i can handle the instagram teenage girls cannot <laughs> it's not i cannot imagine the weight of that uh Dude, my self-esteem would have just been obliterated. yeah i already had acne all over my face yeah <laughs> and it's like i already yeah and you know the spiked hair and bleached tips probably weren't helping um <laughs> but uh glad i didn't have instagram back in the day uh super glad the internet was just in its infancy uh okay let's go to track 11 before i go Uh, what are your thoughts on Before I Go? It's a great song, you guys. There's a lot of hap- that was 30 seconds. There's a lot happening in that 30 seconds. It's a well-crafted song. Uh, it's not really a ballad, but it's... It's, it's chiller. Dude, now I can't stop thinking about that. Yeah, it's, I can't stop thinking about the insta- incubus freaking sugar ray thing. It's driving me nuts, Kyle. Um, now <laughs> I keep hearing them and everything. <laughs> We're going to see Mark McGrath everywhere This tomorrow. feels more incubus <laughs> than that. This is definitely more incubus-y, yeah. Yes, um, but it, yeah, it's great. You can really hear his songwriting shining. It, it stands out on this song that he he took some chances, and I and I like it. Kyle, thoughts? Yeah, uh, I, I agree with my birthday buddy. Um, I dig it. It's kind of got like a a funky vibe to it, uh, in a good way. And uh, yeah, I, I what where I guess what would you call a song like this? It's not. What's the, it's a mid tempo. I mean, I call it mid tempo. I mean, anytime something's got, for the most part, fast and then goes to this, people think it's like the ballad because it's the slower song on the record, but it's not slow. 
it's just slower than so freaking. I did have sorry. I did have Sacred Heart song written by this one. I feel like it could be. It could be, but it wouldn't Dude, have been. But it, it wouldn't have been. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, if you yeah, had to you, pick one, it would be this one on the record, yeah. but it wouldn't have ever actually been on there. Yeah. Uh, but do I? I feel like if he would I have can, heard I the lyrics see, at I the right time on the right John night, Dorian. Yeah, this. I mean, before I go, it can't be more on the nose than that, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm not. Yeah, I'm, I mean, you know, this is sort of a subjective award. It's not. A, it's not like we can prove that it would have been on there unless it was. Yeah, but we're thinking about making them literal awards, Blake. Like actual. That's true. That we would send to people. Send yeah. to people. So this is important that we. That well, we I mean, I'll, I'll tell you this much. It wins for the most '90s song on this on this record. I mean, it is even over. Yeah, Kaylin? because I mean, look, it's got a flanged guitar on it. It's got that <laughs> snare drum is the epitome of what I was talking about a second ago. Such <laughs> yeah. on that bridge, if it is like wide <laughs> open. That no, that's why I picked that clip. Like I, I, mean, want, I want everyone to hear every snare note, like all naked out it, on the open. It's like real that. naked, real, real naked. Super um, nude, and it feels very incubacy, very incubacy. Um, yeah. Not surprising that those dudes are friends um, at all. Uh, and not in a bad way. I mean, you know, but it this could have been on right. that Incubus record that comes out um, like a year or two later, without a doubt. Uh, that's that's at least where I'm going with it. But yeah, it's a good song. But yeah, it's a kind of mid-tempo, slower, sadder kind of, kind of thing. We'll say, uh, okay. So before we get to the the next track, um, you know, for the sake of, uh, you know, I actually went ahead and did the thirteenth track, which is not really a thirteenth track because you on did, the original okay. record it's a secret song, uh, because back in the right. day we had these you know secret songs. We only we'd only be told that there were twelve songs on the record. And then there'd be a moment of silence after the last track. And lo and behold, another song. And this is just something that doesn't exist anymore. It can't exist with streaming anymore. Crazy. Um, it's hard for young people to understand even. Like, right. What? It's uh, it's just a weird, like, it, it literally, everyone that had secret songs on their record, they don't even you exist they were there. on, like, no one has them like that on Shopify. I mean, Shopify, gosh. I'm... <laughs> Right. My job is Shopify. I know. Why don't they? Um, I'm, I'm thinking right. it's because people were looking for those songs. And they can't find them to put them on playlist. I mean, I think that's really what it is. And, of course, you would want to make it more available. Right, you want to make it available. You, um, yeah. you know, and some people even had singles that were, I mean, like Counting Crows, uh, Hard Candy Record, that uh, cover of Big Yellow Taxi was a secret song oh, on the record until it got released as a single, and then they started printing the CD with it not as a secret song. Um, so that happened a lot that people actually put a pretty good secret song. So anyway, we're going to say that this next track is the last track, you know, as far as what unwritten law would have had, you believe if he bought this record in 1998, they would have said, here's track 12. It's the last song, but here's right. a little hint. It's not the last song. We're going to talk about the last one too, I guess. Um, you know, even though I didn't tell the guys we were going to do that. So we're just going to do it anyway. Here we go. Track 12, the sort of uh, penultimate song genocide.
Chris, I asked uh, Kyle earlier what his thoughts on teenage suicide were. I'm going to ask you, what are your thoughts on genocide? Anti. Oh, that is correct. Generally. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I've got a thing where I can do sound, uh, sound effects now, so that's going to be part of this show. It's going to be like a morning DJ uh, situation. DJ Snot and the Weasel. <laughs> have, yeah. Oh, it's going to be fun. Um, yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on the song, though? Uh, now that we know you are anti-genocides oh. in general, um, what is your thought on the song, Genocide? If you call this the closer, it's a great closing track. Big guitars, big rock and roll vibes again. Um it just it's got that like kind of bro him vibe by pennywise just everybody on stage singing and i love it dude i was all about this um the the lyrics that kind of close out the song um and i don't really want to brag but my whole city's got my back and we're all ready to attack i freaking love that dude because i remember you know when you're young in your 20s and you've got like a zillion friends and you just you just know like if i had a, if i got a fight like everybody would like have my back and i don't know man i Song gave me the nostalgia vibes again. I've already said that. I'm saying it again. Also interesting that they're not actually talking about genocide, but uh, no, no not really. really. Hey, and to be fair, <laughs> I, because I'm looking at the lyrics right now, um, they refer to themselves as UL in this. So, um, you know, I'm sorry for harping on Tom DeLonge earlier for calling him UL and leaving it kind of uh, more vague because you know they do the same thing here. So I like when bands... I actually really like when bands say their own band name in their songs. I don't know why, because it doesn't, it's not, it's not, it's weird in any other situation where someone talks in the third person. <laughs> it's weird. Like, right. I don't really like uh, when rappers do it, for example, uh, probably because like it, they do it too often. Uh, but I'm totally in when a band slips their own band name into their song. Uh, I don't know why, but I like it. And it's something yeah. I, that is endearing for me. Um, Kyle, what are your thoughts on genocide, the song or the mass murdering of a race? Either one. Uh, I am against the mass murdering of a race. Still correct. Um, I <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. And uh, the the song is excellent. I will say it's another one that I kind of like looking back on it now. Lyrically, I'm like, whew, they are. Uh, they're making some threats on this one. Yeah. <laughs> talking about killing someone. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Not a fight where everybody goes, all right, I hope you learned your lesson, dude. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is like where you go to the hospital they're afterwards. Not, they're, not, they're not shaking hands and <laughs> yeah. uh, agreeing to disagree after this. The, someone's going down. No, I have down. a feeling they weren't. Um, um, this is not hyperbole, hyperbole either. I think, no. <laughs> I think they might have no. really, no. No, so. no. really yeah. murdered someone. No, Or at least uh, beat someone up. Um, which, Hey, yeah. another thing, uh, like speaking of California, uh, the only time someone has drawn a gun in my presence was in LA. It was our freaking booking agent of all people. Like, because some dudes yeah. tried to get in a fight with us at a bar for no reason. And you know, I mean, he didn't have it drawn to the people, but he like pulled it out, cocked it and put it, showed, put it in his it. pants while we went outside. And I was like, this is bound to not be a good situation. Uh, so apparently a California thing. Uh, people think Oklahoma is the Wild West, but that's the only place I've seen people exit the buildings and confront each other outside and actually say, do you want to take this outside? Man. It's only happened in California for me. I'm not much a fighter, though. 
<laughs> to be fair. Well, and here and here here UL is singing yeah. about it. And they're singing right? about it, going outside <laughs> and doing it, you know, uh, <laughs> crucifying someone specifically. Yes. Yeah, yes, that, those are words that, in that this song. A, that paints a specific <laughs> Yeah, picture. it really does. Uh, you can't not uh, picture something specific there. Um, okay, so let's go to the uh, sort of hidden last track. I mean, I still think for the sake of talking about the order of the record, which we always do, you're right. I feel like that's a cool closing track. Um, and I think this is the right way to put this next track on there. So uh, this one's called 418, I believe, right? Yeah. 418. Here we go. Yes, correct. Definitely a harder rock kind of song for sure, uh, and featuring Brandon Boyd somewhere in there uh, from Incubus. And uh, right, I uh, I can never really place him, but I know he's in there. He's definitely credited he's on the album. Kisses. <laughs> <laughs> what a I'll handsome tell you this, man! He doesn't have a shirt on. Handsome, that's devil. for sure. No, he does not have a no shirt way. on. Uh, without a doubt, Chris. Thoughts on at this point in time, he probably only has one koi fish tattooed. Probably, on. yeah. He doesn't have the money from Drive yet to get the second one. Yeah. Um, oh man, that video was on so much in this. Uh, in that, that was year, a that was a big years. song. Uh, Chris, thoughts on the on the hidden track? Uh, let's let's not think of it as the last track and think of it more as the hidden track yeah. because I think that's important to keep in mind. As a hidden track, it's just fine. Um, I typically didn't listen to it when I was listening to CD. I always thought it was a little weird. Um, for if you if you're into this album and into this band for the reasons that you'd be under this album and in this band. And the song hits hits a little weird, you know. Just hits it a does, little weird. which is probably why they put um, it as a hidden track. Which is one of the wonderful things about the hidden yeah. track was that you could do this. You could put some weird crap that you're just like, "Ah, eh, this was fun to do." Because the song's cool. The drums are crazy. Like the bass line. It's a. It's kind of a jam very, song. Yeah, yeah. It's a jam tune, but you can't do that anymore. Like you, you have to oh, either make really. it fit on there or not i mean like even though oh gosh i mean honestly the art of making an album is not dead but it's certainly right. like a thing that like surprises me more now when someone makes like a really great like oh they thought of this whole thing all the way through as like a thing that they were going to make um not like a collection of 12 songs they wrote um but it, it is kind of a kind of a bygone thing of, of 20 years ago when cds were a thing um it's gone no more, no more hidden tracks. Rip, right. hidden tracks. Uh, Kyle, thoughts on it as a hidden track or song? Um, as a hidden track, uh, well, I'm going to say as a hidden track. I think musically it's cool. I think that outro is cool, but it's kind of weird. Um, I am curious because, uh, you know, this is our podcast, so I can ask whatever I want, yeah. I guess. Uh, what is the what's, – what's the first – secret song that you guys remember because i have one specific like in my brain is the first time i ever knew of a secret track i mean the one we've brought up on this podcast oh. before is not really a secret track but like the end of the jars of clay album where it's just like the orchestra right. warming up and stuff oh, yeah. 
creep me. It would always wake me up if I put that album on to go to sleep because I used to do that and just freak me the hell out because uh, there's just something so weird about it. Um, that's one that sticks out, but doesn't really count. Chris, do you have one that you can think of while I'm... Dude, yes. And I hope it's... Say it. I wonder Say if it. it's what Kyle's thinking of. It Say was a it. band called Johnny Q Public. Ah. Oh, no? Okay. No. And, and if you listen to the album pretty loud right before the first track starts he you could hear him go rewind rewind and you hit rewind and the hidden track was before oh that's negative minutes um and and true story we tried to do a hidden track on our record like that and figured out it was like a copyrighted or like a patented manufacturing process that only like one mastering company would do and it was going to cost a fortune, oh, wow, that's so we didn't do it. Yeah, super cool. Because uh, we were like, that is a hidden um, track, like one that you have to work for and rewind yeah. the disc. That's amazing. But yeah, it's a, that the reason it almost never happened is because it was like patented and cost a fortune. Apparently, um, for for me, pretty big record, nineteen ninety four, Dookie, all by myself. Ooh, that's the first that's the first time one I you remember, remember hearing? Ever hearing it. Yes, for well, sure. Well, I definitely like, remember that. Yeah. Um, so. I really can't remember the first like specific track um, that really stuck out as a secret thing. It's probably um, it's probably something like that though. Um, uh, well, I'll, I'll tell you one that was impressive to me. Uh, not first one, but I did like that on Blink 182's Take Off Your Pants and Jacket, they actually pressed three versions of that record with different secret tracks right. on them, uh, which was like genius because a bunch of idiots like me went and bought at least two of them. Um, right. If not all three, uh, and juice those numbers. Oh, yeah. And they were yeah. cool hidden tracks too. They were actually, they, they were, were great, great songs. songs. It actually pisses um, me off. Neck Deep covered one of those songs. No, you know seriously. That? Which one? Yes, and it's a... It's what went a, wrong, uh, right? That's a great... Uh, don't tell me that it's over. I'm not used to this. Yeah, what went wrong? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, freaking awesome. They kill it. God, Those are great so secret great. songs. That was it a hidden a track. Song. And it's a... It, that's, that song is good enough to be a single. Anyway, oh, absolutely. Uh, I, I, so I found out Nirvana was the first, per, first band to put a hidden song, Endless Nameless, 10 minutes after the last listed track, on 1991's Never. Wow, they no did kidding. it first. That is an interesting yeah, tidbit. How about that? And that's probably why yeah. it was such a lasting thing for us because it really only existed for like 15 years. In, and it was in 10, the 15 right, years right. we were like that we were being super, super music. influenced by music. Yeah. Oh, that is crazy. I remember kind of being pissed when you loved an album and there I wonder wasn't why a no one ever song. did that before. You could have <laughs> yeah. totally done that with vinyl or yeah. tapes. No one did it. The closest thing to it would be like that I can think of is like on uh, Billy Joel, The Stranger. It comes back in with that intro after the last track of him kind of whistling uh, the intro to The Stranger. It's an outro, too, I think. I think that's what happens on that record. Unless I'm just making that up Ooh. in my head now. I So I've got conflicting I've got conflicting data, guys. So it says Nirvana is the first prominent. Oh, OK. Well, that's fair. Hidden that's track. Fair. But here, but here's what's here's okay. Here's what's stupid. The very first hidden track is probably, which is a very weird, <laughs> very weird word to use. Uh, probably the Beatles' "Her Majesty," mm-hmm. and I'm like, uh, how? Like, 
who's more prominent yeah than the how is that Beatles? not prominent um <laughs> so but do they uh, but do they I don't know. Uh, i'd have to look back at that you know what the beatles did that i didn't realize until i had the vinyl of sergeant peppers is that um they printed did you like on the did you guys do you care about the beatles do you listen to sergeant peppers okay did, yeah, does the end have that laughing thing on it or it's like that crazy thing that's ah. at the end and it's like yeah why did they put this on there it's so weird because i the first time i listened to that was on cd you know that's my introduction to the beatles is when cds exist well when i got the vinyl i realized they actually pressed that on the middle of the record and so it never stops looping if you have the record on you know how like you get to, like the uh, needle jumps to the middle of the record they printed that clever. on there and it just loops over and over and over again Cause I was like blasting that record one day in my house. And then that laughing thing came on and didn't stop. <laughs> so that's Guys. a cool, that's funny <laughs> because they probably scared the crap yeah. out of people that like the record ends and then the needle gets to that center thing and it never stops looping that until you take it off. Uh, I'm going to give that the award for most obnoxious and kind of funny version yeah. <laughs> of, a, yeah. of a hidden track for sure. Uh, okay. After our uh, little, uh, path yeah. down to that Deep our dive. little sidetrack on that let's go to lasting impressions uh kyle does it hold up yes i mean i i thoroughly enjoyed listening to it and um i didn't remember all of these songs so i think i was getting it i was getting most of this at the time through like mixtapes or burned cds yeah. yikes um but uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's a great freaking punk rock record. So, Chris, where you up. at? Yeah, production wise, it yeah, I, I didn't realize until I got older and was listening to it on nicer headphones. Um, doesn't quite hold up, but as just like a punk rock record, it it, it you know, I I think the good songs still sound really good to me. I was getting yeah. into it, air drumming and jamming out loud enough that my kids told me to turn it down. It was great. Yeah, I think it does. I mean, like like I said, they're not my favorite. I don't love this band or anything. I'm not, I don't dislike them either, if that makes sense. Like, I, I don't have anything bad to say, really, about them. I just, something about it just doesn't grab me the way other stuff does. Right. Uh, but I, as someone that's listening to it for the first time, really, I mean, even though I obviously heard it in the van with you, Chris, and you covering it and stuff. So I was familiar with several songs on this record. They sounded very familiar to me, but... As someone that listened to it for the first time, like, no, I mean, production-wise, yeah, I would agree. But you could, like, um, you know, I don't think it's too far off from, like, you could have made this record today. It's not, you know, maybe some, maybe a few lyrics that maybe mm -hmm. wouldn't get written uh, in 2022. But, um, you know, slightly better production, I think it, I think it would be, like, a California punk record today, too. I don't think it's too far off. I don't right, think yeah. they... I think they did some cool stuff on it um, without swinging too far for the fences. Um, and, you know, there's definitely some dating to it, uh, mostly on production and, and on a couple things like that. Lat, that hidden track feels very 90s rock. Um, but, yeah. you know, and so maybe that more rock elements probably feel a little more dated uh, just because that had a, a way more kind of like flame out uh, than punk did. You know, which is interesting. <laughs> Don't you think that like as big as like 90s rock was like it doesn't it basically didn't exist uh, anymore in any yeah. way. Um, but right. Punk it, kind of punk kept rock going, kinda erased it. Um, yeah. and didn't, you know, evolved, but not in a way that's like 
it's not too far off. You know what I mean? From, from some of where it started, even stuff that's coming yeah. out today, like new, new bands and stuff. There's some really cool that's, punk stuff. That is now. really interesting. Rock did just like, it puttered out. I mean, Creed was like the last dying breath and then. Yeah. I mean, it gone. Whereas punk rock and emo still, it, it never, it, it, you know, it's not as prominent as it was, you know, in the early two thousands, but it's still big. It's it's dude. I think it's some of the only actual venues. It's some of the only actual rock and roll music that's being made now. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. I think you're no. it, you're absolutely right. It yeah. is, and I, um, you know, I I do want that again. As a guy that likes seeing Me bands, too. it's like there's nothing more fun than being at a freaking show where the, this kind of music is being played. It's just fun. Uh, yeah. There's no way around it. Uh, is it their best album? Uh, I'm going to leave this to you two because I uh, like didn't really listen to the rest of the catalog. Uh, so, Chris, let's go to you first. Is it their best? I think so. I, You know, the next two albums have some amazing singles and some amazing standout songs, but track for track, I think this is their best record. If you look at the album as a work of art, it fuses their early part of their career. The band's like eight years old. You know, almost a decade old when they're making this record. This, I think, really fuses. It's like the, it's the perfect combination and the best lineup of the band that fuses the intense punk rock music they were making up to this point and the more hard rock sound that they went for, the more mainstream sound they went for later. So, my opinion. Well said. Yes, Kyle, where are you at on it? Is it their best album? So, you know. I was more familiar with Elva just because it was a gigantic record. So I don't know that I could answer it fairly uh, because I do. I thoroughly enjoyed listening to this record. I just wasn't as into it when I was younger. So it doesn't have that nostalgia for me that, uh, that Elva does. So uh, maybe it's their best record. <laughs> I, 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 I think it's awesome, but... Um, uh, I don't know. I think the next one will be easier. The next question is going to be easier to answer. I think you're right. Uh, and I think I know the answer to it, even though. <laughs> uh, is it their most important album? Uh, I'm assuming you guys both think Elva is more important because it launches them a little bit. Um, you know. Yeah. Is this their most it. important album? Uh, I'm going to say hell nah. Uh, Elva <laughs> is is what freaking launched them. I mean, I remember being freaked out that like, that was being played on MTV. Don't you think? Dude, yeah. It was Yeah, trippy. but I mean, there was, you know, it's like Blink-22 comes out. Everyone's like trying to hoover up every possible punk band they could find. And it's just funny that sometimes it's the one that's been there influencing all the bands <laughs> that are. Right. It's like, that's the I mean, funny part. They're yes. 10 years into their career when that comes out and kind of like, yeah, we've been doing right. this for a while. Like, we're not. Yeah, we influenced right. the band that you're talking about, Blink-22. Like, they got their ideas oh, yeah. for songs. I mean, us. and yeah. you can, I can definitely tell like, you know, this band influenced, yeah. you know, I, there's a lot of, uh, you know, I hear a lot of like dude ranch specifically in some of this, except right. dude ranch was much sloppier totally. than this record is, uh, probably cause, uh, their drummer at the time was not good. And, uh, uh, and unwritten laws is good. So makes a difference. Uh, okay. Awards, desert Island songs, two or three of your favorites. Go to you first, Kyle. Okay, um, so I'm definitely putting How harmonic. 
on the list. Uh, and Kalen. I think, I think I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna go teenage suicide for my okay. third. Chris, Thanks. where are you at? Yeah. For me, it's harmonic, lonesome, and holiday. Oh, holiday! Yeah, holiday's pretty freaking that. good. Uh, I think I'm doing harmonic, Kalen, and close your eyes. I, close your eyes really oh, stuck nice. out to me. Um, it was cool. it was on every listen of it. I kept just kind of starring it and being like. Okay, that stuck out to me, and when I was ca- when I'd be casually listening or actively listening, because I kind of did both for this, because we had plenty of time in right. between them. Uh, we did, didn't but we? like <laughs> passive listening while I'm working, like Kalen and close your eyes specifically stuck out to me every time. Like I was like I would like perk up, pay attention. So I feel like that has to be the ones I pick. Although Holiday is a really good song, um, and I I do not begrudge it you is. for picking it. Uh, but yeah, that harmonic. Um, intro song is pretty great and uh and it was maybe a little biased from listening to you guys sound check it all the time chris <laughs> I, yes i, I and know probably in the van too i probably heard this record way more than i remember uh i was probably sleeping and just absorbing it subconsciously or something but uh nobody's perfect what's the worst song in the album chris dude i, I don't know how i would have answered this but man it's sorry that one bones me All right. out now. Uh, Kyle. Yeah, I agree. And and that's this is probably unfair because I'm listening to it with forty year old ears. Yeah, now, I think so. that's fair. I mean, it's definitely the cringiest. But I I think I I would think I would kick off um, four eighteen. Well, no, because <laughs> in cheating? the in this because we kind of have the preface of it because it being a secret song. I don't dislike it as much. If it was really its own track, I would definitely boot it i think i'm going i really don't before you before i go is just a little too out there uh on the like it doesn't fit well to me but it's not the worst so i don't know if i can pick that either i think i'll go 418 just because which is unfair because it was a secret track and now it's not but we played played it, it and i but i mean here's the reason i had i mean i went and looked because i was like is this on the record uh to because it just felt so out of place like 418 just felt like they really ended it this way. Right. Uh, it feels kind of strange. And then I go look it up. It's like, oh, it was a secret song. I, I forgive them. It's it's like that immediately erased the like grudge I had against. Uh, but I, I'll pick it because I would kick it off. I think that now that we don't have secret songs, I would just end with genocide and be good. Um, Grower, not a shower. What's the song you didn't like at first but now love, Kyle, if you have one at all? Um, well, I'm like sitting here kind of regretting that I didn't put holiday. It, it on could be my... your grower. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You I'm, could throw I'm, it in. <laughs> yeah, I'll throw it in just because, you know, it probably it really didn't have to grow on me, but it's, but I'm wishing it was on my desert island. So yeah, we'll count it. Chris, what's yours? Uh, it was genocide for me. I, I got really into that song while I was listening to it again, despite the horrifying we will fight you and kill you and bury your body somewhere. We'll no one knows about you. lyrics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're going to kill you. It's going to hurt the, the whole time. Interesting thing is that really, that? I mean, yeah. it's really just talking about killing one person. It sounds like, uh, so yeah. homicide would have sufficed. Um, 
Yeah. That's true. Uh, I, I I don't think I can pick one because I've only been listening to this record for a few weeks, <laughs> so I don't th- I don't know if I can pick a grower or a shower. Um, what's funny is that like I, it's funny that sorry ends up being on your kind of nobody's perfect because like that riff was like an instantly attracted, but then I hear hear the word tits and I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> What's, what's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> hey, 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 we're all just trying to have a good time. <laughs> it's just kind of funny. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, and uh, I feel like that was a kind of took me right out of it a little bit. So, um, yeah, it's kind of funny. Um, well, I guess that's it. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, if you like what you hear, consider giving us a glowing five star review on iTunes. It's not even called iTunes anymore on Apple Podcasts, whatever they call it. Uh, and you can subscribe so that new episodes show up. You can do that on all the platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, Google, all that stuff. Um, you know, and uh, they just show up then. You know, it's a really easy way to do it. And Kyle, I think, is doing the next record. And what are we doing next, Kyle? We are doing the used Ooh, self-titled. Yeah. It's uh, 20 years old last week. And also, I want to let everybody know that shirts will start shipping out fantastic yeah so you can go to finding emopod.com and if you get in there quick uh you can get a pre-order for it uh and get yourself a finding emo shirt uh and when people think uh that you're repping finding nemo you might nope it's this cool podcast i listen to instead and you can proselytize about our podcast and tell people about it tell your friends about it if you think they'd like it if they're nostalgic for 20 year old music, uh, like we are, uh, and you are, I assume if you're listening, uh, we, we love to hear your comments and disagreements and suggestions. Uh, you can send those to info at finding email pod, which almost no one does email us there, but info at finding or you can do all the various social medias, Twitter and Instagram. And, uh, do we have what you're on Reddit all the time, Kyle, but I don't think just as yourself, yeah. are you, are you a finding email pod on there? No, I'm not. I, I haven't figured out how to do two two Reddits under the well, same. Well, there we go. We can't figure it I, out. I but either you way, you can find us on most of the easily, stuff, yeah. uh, and you can tell us when we're wrong, like when we say the bands are from New Jersey and they're really from Long Island. Uh, so uh, yeah. we, we do like talking uh, and chatting uh, with you all about your opinions on stuff because uh, we understand that these are just our opinions. Uh, they're not right or wrong. You're going to have different ones. Uh, <laughs> we had someone... Uh, you know, we had who apparently disagreed with us uh, quite uh, quite passionately, uh, leaving some comments on yep. Instagram. Uh, so, but we welcome it. We don't care. Uh, you can tell us we're idiots. It's fine with us. Uh, so that's it for us. We'll catch you next time. We'll, we'll which probably should be agree. in a couple weeks. Now we're we're finally gonna get back on track uh, and get this train rolling. Uh, get some episodes out. So check out the use. Listen to the record a few times before you listen. We'll be back in a couple weeks. See you next time. Yeah.